Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com. Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.
from Sunny Southwater, and this is another edition of Music Woman Live. We're on the radio with Faustina Dixon, who is calling in from, is that Wilmington, Delaware? Well, Bear, Delaware is right outside of Wilmington, yes. Great. So, first of all, how's the weather up there? Beautiful today. Great. Absolutely beautiful, yeah. We have lots of trees, lots of different kinds of trees and 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 uh, flowers. And that's, I think, one of the nicest parts of Delaware. We have beautiful country here. <laughs> oh. and, and you're from there, right? I am from Delaware, yes. Okay. So you are also one of our first members from Delaware. Well, that's wonderful. (laughs) Number 399, that's who you are. Yeah, people were asking me, what's that number 399 means? I said, okay, she keeps track of all her members as they come in. That's Congratulations right. to you, um, Joan, Dr. Cartwright, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the the many things that you are doing. Um, as I've been learning more about you and your works, it, it has been a true inspiration. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we're going to start at the beginning because that's where we have to start. So tell us how... Did you come to music as a child? Well, when I was coming up, music was something that was automatically taught in school. Most kids picked up an instrument in school, and I'm not talking about a recorder. (laughs) We picked up one of the woodwinds or the brass and strings, and most of us started in third grade. They had instruments available to you in public school. I went to a public a public school up to uh, when I got to high school. But uh, they would have free instruments. Well, they weren't all free, but they would have instruments for anybody who wanted to play an instrument. And I started on the clarinet. Of course, in the third grade, you don't start off playing a baritone saxophone. You're too small. So I started off playing a clarinet. (laughs) And uh, then it grew from there. I started taking private lessons um, because I knew music was a part of my, my life for as long as I could see at that time. I started taking private lessons from Mr. Lowry and uh, Mr. Bowie and uh, Dr. Charles, who taught me piano, and Dr. Cooper. So it was a part of my life from the time I was eight years old. And you studied, you studied theory, right? You oh, yes, Yes, Mr. Lowry uh, had a system in learning how to play jazz. Robert Boise Lowry, of course, many people know him as being the teacher for Clifford Brown and Ernie Watts, uh, Marcus Belgrave. We're all from Delaware. And uh, Robert Lowry had a, a method for jazz improv that he taught even before the book was published. Eventually, um, thank God, uh, Gerald Chavis and Mr. Lowry collaborated before Mr. Lowry passed, and they uh, came up with, you know, the manuscript to to, uh, have the book out. But Mr. Lowry would teach us how to improvise through a theory he called classes. And uh, so that was... Now, prior to that... Uh, I, of course, I had to read music. I learned how to read music. When you start with classical training, you're going to learn how to read music. And by the time I was in the fifth grade, I was, well, I'd say sixth grade, I was, I believe that's when I got in an all-state band. 
And then when I was in the ninth grade, I got in the All-American Band. And that was the beginning of my traveling. Okay, now before before we travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. We, you know, we traveled, we played for the queen. No, 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 Faustina. I said, before we travel, I want to ask you, you write your own music, right? Yes, ma'am. And how many songs would you say that you have written? I have written somewhere in the neighborhood of about 150 songs. And do you have a publishing company? I do. It's called Foxy Bear Inc. And are you with BMI or ASCAP? I'm with BMI. Good. Okay. Now, do you have a song book? I do not have a song book. Okay. Have you thought about putting your song, not all 150, but, you know, the ones that you have developed the most? It doesn't have to be those either, because I claim to be the first woman in the world with a jazz and blues song book. And I understand that there are other women, but not many women have their music in a book, especially American women. I'm going to have to do that. Yes. So we talk about that in our composer's Zoom the last Sunday of every month. That's what we talk about, how to do that. So you're invited to that. I hope you come. In the meantime, how many CDs do you have? I have four. Let's see. One, two, three. I'm working on my fourth one. I have three CDs out. Um, The first one is called Yesterday, Today, and Forever. The second one, Here We Go Again, that was my... First Gospel Jazz CD, and the third one, Vertical, no, Vertical Alignment, and then Get on the Floor. That's four. And And so now I'm working on my fifth one. We just heard Get on the Floor. That's what we heard. Yes. Oh, cool. Did you dance? Did you dance? Oh, yeah, I was out in the living room. Yeah. That's why I put it on first, because I like to start out upbeat, you know. Yes, yes. So now tell me about, because I was in Barry Harris's workshop in 1980, 81, 82. So when did you uh, work with Barry Harris? Oh, Lord have mercy. Long time ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, they had different concerts in New York back then, uh, jazz, not just Jazzmobile, but all, uh, oh, I can't remember, all, you know, it's like Reggie Workman and I have been talking. We did things at uh, Maker Evers. Um, we did things at NYU. I, I just can't remember. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> I was just making the connection because Barry... You know, he was instrumental in my music um, career, so to speak, you know. So, okay, and then um, I'm looking at the wonderful people that you have, you know, worked with. Slide Hampton. Well, Paula Hampton, you know her? Yeah, Paula and I worked together with um, Della. I know Paula would remember with, uh, uh, well, you got me on the spot. Oh, yeah, but we worked together in a lot of places, a lot of clubs in New York. Um, Della. The drummer, Della. Della, I wish you could, you knew who I was talking about. But um, I don't don't know a, a drummer named Della. Uh-huh, cool. Dakota Staten. Um, oh, yeah. And, 
and we would do these gigs up in like um it was uh I want to say Yonkers but it was White Plains or something up there uh-huh. in White Plains uh, uh north of the city of New York and yeah. we we was killing it I mean whew, delicate swing and you uh-huh. know and Paula can swing and so yeah that was a part of my upbringing um in terms of uh informal education because so they now, were much more of um, how did you get on stage with Prince and Marvin Gaye because that's a trip <laughs> yeah uh, I went uh, I had moved to California mm-hmm. uh, I was actually in undergrad school at the time and I moved I, I had gone to visit my cousin in California doing during the the spring, the the summer break, and I was just going to visit because I didn't want to come back to Delaware. I, you know, I was moving too fast. I didn't want to come back to Delaware and get slowed down at the time. And uh, so went to see my cousin, and I went to an uh, a jam session uh, called Stage One with Frank Morgan, who's a saxophonist. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Marvin's um, band director was there, and he heard me, and he told me to come and audition for Marvin's band the very next day. Can you believe that timing? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's how I got the gig and ended up touring with Marvin like four or five years. Wow. And then with, yep, and then with Frank Foster, I think you asked me about Frank. You know, in New York, you 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 just go out and you play. Back then, there were so many venues, and I would introduce myself, and I would um, I would just be bold. And some kind of way, Frank heard me play. I don't I don't remember where. Like uh, Dr. Billy Taylor, he would he, he I worked with him. He featured me. Just blessed. Uh, I don't know any other way to put it. I I couldn't. I couldn't have engineered this stuff the way it happened. Uh, Melba, uh, Melba, I was in California at the time. Kobe Narita was putting Melba's band together, heard about me. Oh, I know what it was. Leslie Drayton knew Melba. Leslie was like Melba's son and taught him a lot of what he knows. He's a very fine writer, composer. And Leslie told Melba about me, and that's how I ended up working with Melba. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, blessed. <laughs> well, you were prepared. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> his opportunities came about, and you put yourself in the position to be around these people. So it wasn't all luck. It was oh, it wasn't no luck. Right. It was ingenuity on your right. part. Now yes. I wanna ask you, so what do you suggest or what advice do you have for a young woman coming into the music industry and an instrumentalist in particular? And what was the last part? And 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 what? An instrumentalist. Oh well, it, first in order, would like you you were saying being prepared, and like I was saying, um, I called myself being blessed. So I'm going to attribute my success to prayer, practice, and persistence. I thought of that this morning, just for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Prayer, practice, like you said, I had put myself in position. I had the prayer comes in, the meditation and the visualization and, um, you know, being purpose-driven. Right. And then the practice is what you can do in the natural the right. discipline, the the fortitude, the uh, you the know the consistency, and all yeah. of that good stuff. And then persistence 
is putting those two together and doing it continuously. Right. That's it. I yep. like that. that yeah, I thought of it this morning just for you, Jones, <laughs> Dr. Cartwright. I, I really I, did. I love it. I love it. Serious. Yeah, thank you. Now, did you ever hear of Gerald Price? No, ma'am. Joe Wright. No, Gerald, Gerald Price. Oh, Gerald, of course. Pricey, that's yes. a part of my school. That's a part of my school with Mr. Re- Mr. Lowry. Oh, oh, yeah, Bob Wilson, Pricey. Uh, there's a gentleman that I don't know if people can call in, but uh, uh, Wayne Morgan, Oh, man. Oh, and we would practice down at the Torment Center, uh, which is the old Christina Cultural Arts, for those people who want to look up Christina Cultural Arts. But the Torment Center uh, was, I can't remember the street right now, and you have to climb up about 20 little stairs. And by then I had started playing the baritone saxophone. So, I mean, I had to muscle myself up them 20 steps. <laughs> but we were we would rehearse. It, there was no no conversation about how long the rehearsal would be. They they would have to ask us to go home. You know the people that was because they had to go home and sleep. Right. You, you know how the day you have to like say okay rehearsal will only be from for you know for for two right. hours or for you know yeah. oh that that would it was like it was on and we it did this several damn. times a week. Yeah, Gerald was my teacher. He taught wow. me everything I know about music, and my first piano lesson became Sweet Return that Freddie Hubbard recorded on Atlantic Records. Well, how did you and Pricey know each other? He was my teacher in Philadelphia. Oh. I took lessons, lessons with him for three years, and he groomed me as a vocalist and a composer. It's all because of him that I sit here to you today as a composer. Yes. Wow. I owe all of my musicality to Gerald Price. That's beautiful. Yes. And you sound... Just like his wife, Charlotte, your voices are almost the same. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is something. Well, listen, I'm going to play Strutting Down Street. Now, is that in Wilmington? No. <laughs> no way, Jose. Strutting Down Fulton Street is... Uh, uh, Fulton Street is in Brooklyn. There is a Brooklyn. Fulton Street in Manhattan, but I'm I lived right. in Brooklyn fifteen years. I'm a Brooklyn girl. So no, okay. that's that's in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I went to high school on Eastern Parkway. Which one? <laughs> well, it's not there anymore. Bishop McDonald. It's not there. Now it's the school of the deaf and the dumb, I think. I don't know. But anyway. I substituted at a high school on Eastern Parkway. That could have been Clara Barton. Yeah, it sure was. Right. Next door. Yeah, but we were ah. Yeah, I went there for four years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, Claire, Claire Barton was the first school I ever saw a, a policeman in with a gun to keep order. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, go ahead and play the song. I'll be listening. <laughs> All right.
and strutting down Fulton Street. I used to get off the train. I chose trains in Fulton Street to get to Franklin Avenue. You know, yes, sir. I have to say, uh, the music Vertical Alignment CD was produced by uh, Al Turner and Ray Chu. They they really did the they did the thing on on those uh, on on that CD. So I just want to always give them their kudos and express okay. my appreciation. Of course. Yes. And then yes. my next question <clears throat> is, tell us about being in the big band with Gerald Wilson, Jimmy Cleveland, and Leslie Drake. Oof. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, Gerald Wilson, Jimmy Cleveland, and Leslie Drayton. Now, you you didn't say Frank Foster, which is fine, because Frank was the East Coast. And uh, I also did little bits with Gil Evans. Okay, so let's stick with the West Coast. So, you had Snooky Young, Oscar Brashear, um, uh, Brian, Bobby Bryan, Sr., uh, Al Aarons on trumpet. You had uh, George Bohannon, and I can't think of the other trombonists. You had Herman Riley, um, uh, Bill, can't think of his name right now. Anyway, and uh, I wish I could think of this one other name on, on in the saxophone. Uh, almost thought a real tall man. Uh, everybody knows him. And Buddy Collette uh, on, in the sax- saxophone section. And I'm the I'm the kid in the band. It was awesome, and and I took lessons from Buddy. I took lessons from a couple of those guys um, just to learn. And on the West Coast, their concentration was more doing studio work, doing movies. So that's when I really got into doubling, um, and learning how to play in tune on the flute and the clarinet, all the all the doubling instruments. By then I was playing mostly uh, baritone sax. In the big bands I was playing mostly baritone sax and doubling on bass clarinet, uh, some flute clarinet sometimes. Um, so they, they were a blessing. It, it was like I had all these big brothers around me. They, they just, they nurtured me, they schooled me. And um, that was Miss uh, Gerald Wilson was just everybody knows him like this. He's so so gentle, and such a gentleman. And um, I was I, I tell you, it's just such such fond memories. Um, and then on the East Coast, it was Melba Liston's big band and Frank Foster's big band. And uh, a couple of times at the time, Gil Evans was playing at the Vanguard every Monday. And uh, uh, one of my favorite saxophonists, I uh, can't even think of his name right now. Uh, I will in a minute, but I called him one day, and I said, my name's Faustine Dixon, and I play alto saxophone. And if you can't make it, uh, I'd sit in for you uh, on a Monday with the Gil Evans Big Band. Uh, I'm trying to look up his name, Alto Jazz Alto Sax. You're gonna you're gonna crack up, Jazz Alto player. One of the most famous ones. Uh, I'll, it's a shame. And so anyway, the next day he called me and said, "Hey, can you sit in for me next Monday?" I was like, "Okay." <laughs> At the time, Harem Harem Bullock, uh, he's passed. He was in a band, but it was a whole bunch of powerhouses in a band. Uh, uh, David, David what? David? Williams. Huh? David Williams? N- nope. Uh, Sanborn. David Sanborn. Oh, Sanborn. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I probably did that about, and I play alto in there, I probably did that about three times, four times, but it was amazing. Like, he was like, okay, uh, can you sit in for me next Monday? 
because, you know, he was really busy. And, again, it was just an experience. It wasn't until I became a solo artist that I started running into other kind of challenges. Like what? Well, when, you know, when you become a solo artist in anything, when you start your own business, when you... um become the leader, you know, you're going to just have natural challenges. And then when you're a young lady, you know, I was young. Um, I guess I started Windsor Change in my, I was trying to figure that out. I couldn't figure that out today either. Um, I would say in my 30s I started Windsor Change. I had been on the road with a whole lot of other people, Tom Brown, Roy Ayers, uh, James Blood Armour. Um, so then, you know, you run into challenges with discrimination, um, all kinds of challenges. You ask me a question, I'll do my best to answer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I thought that you would have more challenge in the big band, but it seems like you didn't. Do you know Carmen Bradford? Carmen Bradford. No, the I don't. With, the singer with the bassy band. No, I don't. Oh, okay. I would, I would have thought you had more, but I guess the the men in the big band, they seem to be more what secure. Yeah, they were secure and they were, um, they were, let me kind of reflect real quick. Uh, Probably, for the most part, they were much older than me. And so, you know, like, I'm just thinking Dr. Billy Taylor, he was was a grown man and I was coming up. And so they probably, you know, felt more... um, protective of me, and wanted to help me more. But when I became a band leader, and now, you know, other other cats were, uh, saw me as being in competition with what they were trying to do as well, you know, my peers. Right. I understand. So that makes a big difference, your peers, as opposed to your... You know your your older um, what 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 word would you give it? Uh, your mentors, your right, you right. Uh huh. Now, did you ever work with women? You said you worked with Paula Hampton, I know, but did you ever have a group of women that you worked with regularly? Other than Della. Because I didn't work with Paula regularly, we worked on some occasional things. Bertha Hope, we we worked on some occasional things. Carlene Ray, we worked on some occasional events. Um, So regularly, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was forming Winds of Change. For me, it wasn't cool to have an all-woman group because I it, it was it it was like to me at that time at that season, uh, it, it it would have looked like that was an easy kind of uh, way out. You know, today's today we have evolved. Now you put women together and you think nothing of it. It's 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 great, but back then, it wasn't as common. It wasn't as um, accepted as being serious. Think about the Sweethearts of Rhythm, and uh, I did a play called Five Women, and even in the Sweethearts of Rhythm, they would be playing. And even in a live concert, people would come up to them and say, okay, where's the recording? Or where's the men playing behind the curtain? They did not believe that they they did not take them seriously, even though they were looking at them with their own two eyes. 
That's pathetic. So listen, <laughs> what about Kim Clark? <laughs> I mean, I I can't. I just can't. Trust me. Yeah, well, Kim and I have have worked occasionally together, uh, mm-hmm. but when I was that that's another thing. The I was more into. Uh, I have stages of my music too. So back uh, when I was in New York in the eighties and nineties, I was playing uh, anywhere from out music with Doug Hammond, Munir Abdul Fatah. Uh, I was playing, you know, experimental music, whatever words you want to put it to straight ahead, to eclectic. And then I, when I got more involved with being a band leader and being a leader of Winds of Change, I started playing more people music, if if you want to call it that, things that uh, would appeal to, uh, you know, more a bigger audience. So right. my repertoire changed to things that people were more familiar with, just like Duke Ellington and Count Basie did. I, I started having originals, but I played things like Caravan. I played things like um, uh, uh, Luther. I might would take a, a Rita Franklin song and, and turn it into a jazz thing or uh, Luther Vandross. Um, right. And then I started incorporating my own compositions. That's where I got my workout in terms of writing music with my own band, Winds of Change. That's where right. I got my workout. Good, good. And did you know Lou Donaldson? Lou Donaldson? Not I knew him. I had been to a few of his concerts, but I didn't, I did not know know him. No. Wow, because you your style is similar to him. You know, he was the boogaloo. He had the, the boogaloo something. I can't remember it. But you know he played he played people music he plays people music definitely yeah absolutely and you know who else I relate to in that way Hank Crawford uh, Eddie Harris huh Eddie Harris too oh absolutely so yeah yeah and so today. Now that I'm, you know, uh, I've been through several, you know, whatever, and I'm I'm trying to get myself to be free. I got so many songs, I don't want to be limited. But with the record industry, you have to keep things in sort of like a streamlined category. And that's very difficult for someone like me who has kind of been through so many different types of of music, and it all made sense to me, and it still does. Yeah. I understand what you mean. You know, people put you in a category, and then they leave you there in their mind. But you're moving. You're constantly evolving, you know. Exactly. But I really encourage you to learn how to put your work in a book because it's different when you hand somebody the Faustina Dixon songbook, you know. Wow. That that has a different ring to it, right? Oh, absolutely, because I watched your uh, program where you had the women singing all of your um you know, some of your works. And mm-hmm. I can imagine how you felt. Oh, it was, um, I had a ball. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a wonderful evening. It really was. And it was a wonderful process because we rehearsed for four months. They had to learn the music, you know. Yeah. Right. It was fun. And when you, now, do you work with, like high school big bands or college big bands? I would love to work. um, You know, I taught school for over 20-something years. So 
I'm okay in that area. I had a, a youth group, Women to Youth Jazz Band, and I led that for about 15 years. Mm. Um, I wow. think I kind of want to be with adults um, yeah. <laughs> because we came out of this pandemic. Um, uh-huh. I'm not rushing, but I would love to be an adjunct in a college setting where I could have a mature uh, relationship with some students who really want to learn. And so uh, you have you have degree you have your degrees. Yes, I I ended up going back for my master's, so I have a master's plus forty. I ne- I didn't want to do all that writing um, to get my doctorate degree. So congratulations to you, Dr. Cartwright. I am so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, after after I finished that last degree, I was like, um, I want to play my horn again, you know, because teaching is a beautiful thing, and I was able to work and play during that teaching period. But now I'm able to do a lot more in terms of writing, being focused on my practicing and my plan. And uh, now that the you know we're kind of getting to a new norm. I'll be doing more uh, performances uh, with caution, (laughs) with caution. Well, you know, I was talking to you about the Melton Mustafa Jazz Festival in its 25th year, and I have never seen a woman in that band. And it was the same thing with the um, Lincoln Center Jazz Band. You know, and I think that that is really criminal that I'm a woman, I pay taxes, and my tax dollars are not used discriminate. They they are used discriminate in a discriminatory way. It's discrimination in the worst way that women are blocked from earning in these big bands. And I know the Lincoln Center Jazz Band, each member makes over $100,000 a piece. Wow. You know, and that is criminal. So they want to say, well, we got one woman. There's 16 seats. 16. I understand. And it's public funding. And that is illegal. It's illegal. It's against the law what is happening at Lincoln Center and in Miami. It's illegal. I understand, and I used to, uh, you know who had, when I was in the school system, you know who had the most pull? The parents. So I'm going to say to my, my listeners, you know, get involved and make your voice known. For those of you who would like to see more women um, involved, you know what it's like, Joan, for the artist herself to go and and uh, buzz in these people's ear. It, it goes in one ear and out the other. Um, and it can be very time-consuming and very frustrating. And now, so it, it, it I, it persists. Nobody is talking about it. You know, I don't want to see more women get more recognition to hell with an award. Pay somebody. Give them a salary. Give them a seat. Give them benefits. Give them right? awards for films. You know, Use their music in commercials. And nobody can tell me that. Women don't make music because I produced nine, I'm, I'm sorry, eight CDs of women's music. So nobody right. me. And the music is good. It's good music. You know, so this, this thing is ridiculous. Well, before I go on my rant, Faustina, let me play Strut some more. 
Now, now, Strut some more is an answer to strutting down Fulton Street. So I had moved back to Delaware after being uh-huh. on the road for many, many years. So it's a lot slower and uh, <laughs> a lot slower. And I would like to hear more about what you think a good strategy would be um, in terms as an artist to have my voice and our voice be heard. Maybe we need to do it collectively. Well, I've been trying to do that. Um, Ellen Sealing and another woman named Laura picketed Lincoln Center for women because women were not in the band, but this was years ago, and nothing really came of it except that they have women guests. But those right by men, the and the, and the guests is not getting paid a hundred thousand. Okay, so right so money talks and bullshit walk. Strut right. I would love to hear more. About-
strut on to Faustina. I believe the solution is in lobbying in Washington, D.C. But women in jazz, South Florida, agreed not to lobby as a 501c3. So we still need a 501c4 in North Carolina that will enable us to go to Washington, D.C. and lobby. And this is going to probably take another two years, but that is one of my goals. Wow. So that's something when we do our uh, have our Zoom again. Tell people about the the Women of Jazz South Florida, please, for those, because I have some friends who are listening, and some of them are men and women are real supporters of jazz and women in jazz. So. Well. We're a 15-year-old nonprofit organization that promotes women musicians globally. We have 405 members in over 20 um, states and about 16, 17 countries. And we have women from all genres of music, classical, reggae, pop, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and we publish women's music. We have a six-CD set, and then we have number seven is a digital, the best of, and number eight is a single CD. And then we have Music Woman magazine, which is in its fourth year. We only publish one a year, and then we have the third issue of Music Man magazine. We have 71 men that support us. And so, <laughs> go to the That's website, W-I-J-S-F, Women in Jazz South Florida dot org, and become a member. It's $60 a year. Or we have a special this year, a lifetime membership for $250, which will enable us to print the magazine more because the cost of paper skyrocketed as much as gas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what's and what's tell them what your 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 goal and vision is. Well, that would take a whole show. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> My goal is to build the Music Woman Archive to have a place where people come to to research the works of women musicians. And it would be like a research center on a master's level, masters and up. And so that's a long term project. Right now One we're more. raising money to print more magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm re- I'm reading your mission statement. Uh, it's a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, and uh, websites, film, audio, and video recording. And so for all of you who are listening, I just became a member. I'm number 399. How about that, Dr. Carwright? Yes. (laughs) And uh, so far I have enjoyed the collaboration. You probably forgot, but I was actually on the last Zoom, and I took so many notes. Uh, I enjoyed looking at the women's works. They had children's works. As a matter of fact, I have a friend who's listening, and she does a lot of work with children and music. I have. I'm a part of her um, her website uh, work that she did with uh, uh, telling the story of what's my name? It might be Fossey Bear, the saxophone player or something. But anyway, she's listening, and I know that she will look you up. But I took so many notes of the women with their magazines, the women with their their. Uh, you have your song book. I'm looking for the page now, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, 
So thank you very much for being who you are and doing what you do. I know that it's a commitment on your part, and it is not easy. So we'll just continue to um, break through these uh, these little hills. We're not going to call them mountains or barriers. Okay. <laughs> just stick around and let's work together. Okay? Yes. Yes. So the yes. show is over, but let's continue to talk. I'm open. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank all you, right. all you listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Cartwright. All right. I'm going to go Have a good out. evening. I just want to hear um, that's straighten down Fulton Street a little bit more. Okay. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. WIJSF.com, Women in Jazz, South Florida, Inc., is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally.